2: I should be just.
3: Open the voice gate, everybody. Um, It's been, I think, like six weeks since our last episode. Once again, the kings and queens and and et cetera of not recording (laughs) our podcast, (laughs) Open the Voice Gate. I I do have Michael on the line with us, but no Case or Jules, or Milo. No Case or Milo. Um, Case and Milo both had to miss this episode. Um, I don't know if that's because we're recording on Easter or what, but um, yep. Two heathens recording on Easter, that's Michael and I. How are you doing, Michael?
2: I don't know what you said about heathens. I did all my Easter stuff yesterday.
3: Do you know what I usually do on Easter, Michael?
2: What's your usual Easter, John? I'm usually at
3: an anime convention.
2: And, and that was <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, so you yeah, knocked it out anime, early this week, or this year.
3: Anime, anime Boston, yeah, most years is scheduled on Easter weekend for some reason, but this year, wasn't so. Instead of spending my time with the otaku masses, <laughs> I'm spending my time with you, and with our special guest co-host. Um, we got we're doing another crossover with the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Chris Maffei, uh, how do I pronounce your last name? I should have asked that before, you were, you were close. I should have asked <laughs> that before we got on the air. That's what a professional would do. <laughs> but um, Chris is of course from Music of the Mat. The Awesome, awesome, awesome podcast on the Voice of Wrestling podcasting network. I was actually just listening to the New Japan episode you guys did, um, like a couple of days ago. That was that was great stuff. So thank you for coming on, Chris.
4: Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I, I love the show. I've been listening since the beginning, so uh, I'm real excited to be on. So thanks a lot. Um, so so Chris is of course here to help us break down all things Dragon
3: Gate. Not all things Dragon Gate. Theme, though, But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you with the music of the map thing. Chris, what is your all-time favorite Dragon Gate theme and your least favorite Dragon Gate theme?
4: Ooh, see, the least favorite is the toughest question because I don't think there is one. But uh, as far as favorite, off the top of my head, I'd probably go with uh, Mochizuki's theme. That's a great I choice. I mean, it's, it's just fucking great. Yeah. Uh, but But I mean... You ask me on a different day, and it would probably be something else. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, there's there's so many great Dragon Gate themes, and that's something that I can't wait to get into on Music of the Mat. And uh, speaking of which, I will be having you on Music yes. of the Mat in a few weeks to to discuss some themes. So very, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, it's a good, good little transition here. If you hear the
3: Heel theme song, the Heel theme songs we put in the opening of Every Open the Voice Gate, that's what we'll be discussing on music of the mat. So cheap plug. You can hear me talk about all the heel theme songs, the ones I love, the ones I don't love. Uh, Michael can probably already tell you which one I don't love. I,
2: I, I am not going to stand for this Deep drunkard slander <laughs> on a Sunday morning. I, it, it, I, I know that I kind of have a brand now of being the, the sole defender of Deep Drunkers, but other than the belching, it was not that bad of a theme.
3: All right, well, you'll have to wait for Music of the Mat, and you can hear me break it down. I, 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 <laughs> but...
2: I, will, I will be taking Milo's place as a person threatening murder about that after I hear that, so... <laughs> But yeah, Masachi Mozuki's theme is, it, it's usually the one that like just starts getting into your head in certain ways, like, and it makes it even kind of crazier when you find, like, I did some research a while back finding out the basis of that theme, and it's from like the most dark anime I've ever heard of. Like, he, he like, I don't know why he chose an anime theme about a guy who gets so punch drunk he dies, but <laughs> that's what Masachi Mozuki Mojo- <laughs> did.
3: Mo- Mochizuki's theme, I mean, look, uh, not to not to humble brag again about Japan, but um, four minutes, when 17 there... seconds,
2: four minutes, <laughs> 17 seconds.
3: When, when you're when you're there live and the crowd is singing it, it's pretty much the greatest thing you'll ever experience. It's almost it's 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 uh, apropos that we're talking about it on Easter because it's basically a religious experience being there <laughs> while they're singing Mo- Mochizuki's theme. It's really something. And it was so disappointed, uh,
2: um, disappointing at the DG USA this f- shows. I was the only one at the ones I was at singing along with it and everyone looked at me like I was some oh. weirdo, which I am, but I, I didn't need them to confirm that. Well
3: you well, you were a weirdo and a Dragon Gate USA fan. You watched Dragon Gate. Yeah I I watched <laughs>
2: I watched Dragon Gate, and I was the person who got up and left in the middle of the AR-Fox-Sabu-Clusterfuck match. I was like, I'm not having this. I'm getting another vodka soda. I'm not doing this today.
3: But yeah, uh, Dragon Gate USA. Okay, I don't know why that... Well, I do know why that came up, but every time it does, it just makes my life a little sadder. Um, but yeah, the, the, people are asking questions again about whether or not Dragon Gate's going to start reintegrating themselves into the wrestling world but she came by going over the uk so i guess we'll talk about that at the end of the show when we get into the questions but um as far as like usually do some non-wrestling banter so michael yes how has has your life been other than other than grad school terrible that's what i know is terrible
2: (laughs) okay so i've been a little bit under the radar as of late i mean i wasn't on the last show because of midterms but uh I've kind of been doing my most stereotypical life possible. Uh, Two weeks ago, I entered a South Carolina Pitmasters barbecue competition, which was an experience, uh, to say the least. Uh, We smoked the equivalent of a 12-year-old child over 16 hours. So, doing that, uh, you also might have seen some of my coverage over WrestleMania weekend, where Rich talked me into covering Joey Janela's show, Absolutely Shit-Faced. So... If if you've not read that yet, you can see my personal existential crisis and why I'm 30 and still make bad decisions. But, you know, other than that, just a whole lot of school, some ironing and wrestling, you know, just basically the usual. And it's kind of appropriate that we're here today with Chris, who was the originator of the Iron Mike Spears nickname. So,
4: (laughs) Really? He is? He is. Oh, wow.
3: We're getting origin
2: stories Um... today.
4: Yeah, I think it, I think it really created itself though. It
2: it kind of appeared out of nowhere. Out of the, that, I was ironing and watching uh, the uh, Sakura Genesis show earlier this week, so I was staying on brand with that. I managed to get through eight shirts in two hours, which is a personal record.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm I'm glad you mentioned WrestleMania weekend. That was when Anime Boston was for me this year. So I... Oh, my God, my throat. I still haven't seen anything from WrestleMania weekend other than, like, the last half of WrestleMania. So I just didn't watch any of it. And, like, if I had been home, I probably would have watched, like, Evolve or Ring of Honor or something. But, like, yeah, everybody else was tweeting about all these shows they were at, and I was just like, I have panels to run. I don't (laughs) have time for wrestling right now. (laughs) Although the... The Japanese Pro Wrestling panel I can report was probably the best one I've ever done. Like yeah. people were super, super into DDT, especially. But
2: yeah, I saw that you had some people came in costume to the panel, which seemed
3: pretty great. Yes, that was someone came as Dalton Castle, which is <laughs> pretty, oh yeah, pretty, that. which is pretty awesome. Um, someone else came as Kevin Owens, I think, and then there was a sting. <laughs> There's a sting, like full face paint. So yeah, that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, pretty much just everybody going crazy for the Yakitori. If you've never seen a room full of like eighty people just like standing and applauding for a piece of chicken, it was pretty good.
2: Hey, but, that's a DDT Iron Man weight Extreme Champion.
3: Iron Man Heavy Metal weight.
2: I, I'm sorry, champion, i mean sorry. to. The
3: extreme title. <laughs> the Extreme title belongs to Dice K Suzuki. So unless lost it at the Damnation, uh. It- Legal Gathering show, because I haven't watched it yet. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Chris?
4: Oh, you know, this and that. Just trying to catch up on my uh, 16,000 peros that I have to watch in the queue, as always. It's, it's uh, never feel, possible. Never possible, yeah. And I always feel like a bad wrestling fan because of it. But uh, no, nah, just really, you know, just between work and working on the podcast and watching wrestling, I, you know, really, really not... Mm, not much interesting going on in the life of Chris Maffey, so.
3: I I, I did you're going to, you're going to Ring of Honor in a couple of weeks, right?
4: Yes, yes I am.
3: Okay, cool. Can hang out again uh, at Ring of Honor.
2: I would say, Chris, for those who have not listened to the flagship podcast, I love your running <laughs> at the end, especially with our, <laughs> our 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 Overlord's new nickname. That really popped me while I was do it while i was doing stuff around the house this weekend so i had to make sure to to, to throw you a plug for that that was great
4: oh oh yeah thank you yeah that was just uh uh, i was editing the flagship this week and for the next couple weeks because rich crazy is on vacation so uh is like yeah by the way i can't do the plugs here you go i was (laughs) like oh all right so it just came to me
3: what was the nickname i haven't heard it i haven't heard this yet tinder mahal Oh yeah, I didn't see that in the Slack. That was that was pretty amazing. Gender mall. <laughs> Don't hinder gender, as we all learned on Twitter this week. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I guess we should probably talk some Dragon Gate. Um, I mean, I guess I want to start. <laughs> I want to start with Champion Gate because it's kind of old news now, so we'll go pretty quick. But um, on the last show, we just talked about the results, but I hadn't actually made tape yet. So we can quickly talk about any of the matches that we feel are worth mentioning. I wanted to start with the, with the brave gate, because we can speculate a little bit about what that, how that whole title vacancy thing would play out. Um, this was the brave Gate match. It was a, it was a little slow to start with Linda man's um, heat, p- heat period. It kind of felt like it went on forever, but after it got going, like it was get, going really good. It was going by the end that I was actually pretty fucking pissed when the the run-ins and the the smalls happened even though I knew, I knew it was coming i had gotten really into the match and you know Linda man was just dropping ada on his head with these yeah, s- yeah. six suplexes and it was just it was really good by the end and then you know it kind of broke down um before we get into the finish does anybody have any thoughts on the actual match
2: yeah uh yeah you know i'll oh, go ahead chris that's sorry. No, no, go right No, ahead.
4: I was just going to say, I thought, I thought this was Aita's best Brave Gate match, uh, at least my favorite one. Uh, I really did like the Kagatora match at final gate, but I thought that this one, up until the finish, man, I thought this one was really great. One of his best singles performances, I thought, of, uh, of recent. And one of Linda Man's best performances, too, I would say. Uh, the beginning really, really reminded me of the Aita and Liger match at the Super J Cup with the kind of starting out hot with the big tope. Um, So I really like that. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this match right up until the finish, as you said.
2: Yeah, that schmoz. Like, I knew that they kind of got to a point with Ada in this belt that either it would have to be some hijinks or something to get the belt away from, because I really feel like that he's being positioned as the number two now in over generation. But Lindemann, between this match and Corkin. I love how he's finally started to adapt, like, the berserk mannerisms into his ring style. Like, before and over generation, like, he was, he was, to to be quite honest, he was kind of cute with it. Like, he was, uh, like, he would be be doing these judo throws, but it didn't really have the intensity that I was hoping for. But, like, especially in this Ada match and then at Corkin, like, he was dropping people with the German suplex. Like, he is turning into, like, this little tiny tank, and it's kind of great.
3: I mean, he was really dropping them like right on his head a couple times. It was yeah. pretty sick. Um, but yeah, so that I thought Lindemann was, um, yeah, he showed a lot of fire in this match, and he showed a lot. His heel mannerisms are coming along, like you said, where he just he looks very punchable now.
2: Yeah, he has his like yeah.
3: face. He has his face where he just gives the crowd like a, a look all the time, like they just want to slap him. I think so. It's it's coming along. But yeah, the smart at the end, you know, it was it was what it was. I did not. We speculated last time about how it would play out and whether it would make sense for them to vacate the title. I, that was not a very good justification for them to vacate the title. But whatever, that's what they do with the Brave Gate. They vacate it. So you kind of know that. You kind of know that's part of the game, I guess.
2: And it ended up on Kagatora, which I mean, it'll be probably another three months before it even sniffs the internet. at being at Wakayama, but. It, the person that they put it on at the end I think is the right person, especially of his career. Like I know there's a lot of people who are like for Dreamgate, but really Bravegate is his I his his solo peak in my mind. So and it and it opens up a lot of matches because Ada's title run was a interesting title run, but like Chris, like his matches never blew me out of the park like like how he was during King of Gate. So I'm kind of glad that he's, yeah. getting, that he's getting a little bit more elevation, I guess. And especially as we're, we'll talk about King of Gate in a little bit, like he has some juicy matchups ahead of him that I think will do better for him than him being kind of held down by the Brave Gate title.
3: So, and uh, so I guess that's the Brave Gate match. Um, the other, the other big match from that first night was the Triangle Gate match. Um, this was a, I, I thought it was a pretty fun Triangle Gate match. I don't really have any major complaints about it. Um, you know, I, I knew who was going to win going in, but obviously, so it wasn't really a surprise. But uh, Jimmy, the, the the spot that stood out for me was Jimmy Conda and Cyber Kong with the um, with the John Woo's, where yeah. he kept trying to kept trying to rake his eyes and set him up the John Woo. He'd hit him with it, and he just bounced off. And they're obviously playing up Kong as the big monster ahead of his Dreamgate title shot the next night, but when like Kanda got frustrated and finally hit like three straight eye rakes before trying the John again, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, that was it was a good match. Any 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 thoughts on the Triangle Gate match?
2: Not really, to be honest. Like the way the position of the Triangle Gate right now, with how it's been bouncing around, it's kind of it, it was a fun match, but I guess now. As we've seen with like with Doigun, we finally have a team for it to stick with for a while. But like I, I I I'll be honest, a lot of the build up for Kong kind of just turned me off a little bit. But I enjoyed the parts with Konda and with him. I thought that was a great moment of the match.
4: Yeah, that was my favorite stuff too from this. Um, you know. Triangle Gate matches don't really inspire me too much these days, especially Berserk Triangle Gate matches. Just something about it. It's like they're great. You know, I watch them. I enjoy them. But I come away from it. It's like, all right. And now I can kind of put that out of my mind and go on to other things. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is a fun little match here. Um, So,
3: yeah, obviously we didn't. So we saw Berserk win the titles here. We did not see them drop the titles because that was at Wakayama, I believe, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. So
3: is. we're not gonna we're we're probably not gonna see that for a while. But, um, but yeah, it was a very short lived reign for Zerk here. Uh, um, okay, the following day, the Twin Gate match. I did not watch this. I just, oh, you missed that. I'm, really uh, I'm really sick. Oh, I'm really sick of Shima and DK as a team. Maybe I'll go back and watch it. But you guys take it away then.
2: I really have loved KZ in this role this year, and yeah, it, it, it's something that I thought that this would have been the. Uh, Good end of the uh, CK1 team and Tile Reign if they lost it to North Tribe, especially with Hulk kind of needing a little bit of fire, I'd say. But it, it, I, the one thing I'll say about CK1 tile matches is that they're never bad. Like, it, 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 they're kind of tiresome and they're kind of old at this point. Like, and I think that when we talk a little bit about, about Dead or Alive, we'll get into the, the Twin Gate tile match there. But it's, it, it was a perfectly good match i love i i really have been enjoying a lot of kz this year and that's really what i kind of took out of this matchup
4: yeah i agree i understand the ck1 fatigue but to me anytime kz is involved in something i just get i get super into it i really kz one of my favorite wrestlers anywhere today he just he gets me so emotionally involved in matches, and more so than than most wrestlers. I would say, like I live and die by everything KZ does. So if he's in a match, it, it's it knocks it up a couple of pegs for me. Uh, but I was really kind of disappointed that North Tribe did not win the Twin Gate titles here. But uh, I, you know, I would hope that there is maybe an even bigger story for KZ a little bit down the line, maybe at some point this year, because I really just love KZ.
2: Yeah, and i actually I'll pose this to y'all. To, to me, KZ has kind of become the emotional flashpoint of Tri-Vanguard. Like, I don't really care too much for what's going on with Hulk, and it's really kind of sad saying I don't care too much for what's going on with Yamato. But whenever, like, KZ is the focal point, and we had a bit of that at Corkin too, I've really enjoyed it, and that's what kind of gets me invested into that unit.
3: So, um, but yeah, it sounds like I should go back and watch this. I'm just, I was really pissed that Hulk and KZ lost, and I'm, like I said, I was really sick of, um, Shima and Dragon Kid, but maybe I'll go back and give it a shot. Anyone have any other thoughts on this match, or we... I,
2: I think that covers it pretty well. I mean, CK1, I don't know how, like, I think I've been saying this now pretty much my whole entire ten here on Open the Voice Gate. I don't know how long they are for the titles, but we'll see this month.
4: Yeah.
3: So, the final match to talk about from Champion Gate was the Dream Gate match between Yamato and Cybercon. Um, Okay, so this match, first of all, it was not a disaster. It was firmly above yeah. the level of the Shima and the infamous Shima Cybercon match. I didn't like it as much as the Mochi Cybercon or the um, whichever one was the good the first Hulk Cybercon match, the first Hulk Cybercon, the one that was not six minutes. Um, but it was still, I thought by the end it picked up a lot and cyber Kong, you know, he, he did a lot of stuff in this match. Let's just say, Yeah. um, you know, what, what's everybody's thoughts on the removing his own mask thing? I, I really don't know how to feel about it because cyber Kong, a mask to me has been like such a thing in dragon gate before for so long that like, you know, you're waiting for him to maybe lose his mask. And, um, have him just voluntarily remove it like that just felt really weird. But I don't know. Like, I get, I guess I get the symbolism it was supposed to represent, but, like, it just kind of felt, like, so anticlimactic after all these years. I don't know.
2: Yeah, like, for me, at least, especially with how the stipulations are dead or alive this year, like, Kong really removing his mask, doing the mist, I think, is kind of a neat thing since now that... He, now that Mondai Ryu is no longer a part of uh, <clears throat> no, no longer a part of Rzerk, you kind of had like even though he was more sol based, still having like a new trick up his sleeve. Of that, the mist didn't bother me, but the mask, I feel like it's it's their way of kind of alluding to his mask might be gone after uh, dead or alive, which I don't think is the right move, but we'll see.
4: Yeah, uh, I I think you guys know that I'm I'm one of these Cyber Kong people. And, uh, I mean, I can't... Listen, I can't explain it. It's not for his in-ring, that's for sure. Uh, I I just really like the guy. And I guarantee that had I not gone in spoiled, I would have gone pretty nuts for him unmasking and then uh, as well as the Black Mist. Uh, You you know, like you guys said, I'm not really sure of why they did it this way. Um, Maybe there's a bigger purpose to it that will make complete sense after Dead or Alive or somewhere down the line. But, I mean... In terms of just the match in general, for me, it was just weighed down by uh, having gone in spoiled and also the stigma of Yamato's reign uh, going in. So I like this match, but obviously did not. It, it wasn't anything spectacular or anything that blew me away. But I, I really did think that they worked hard, though.
2: Yeah, it was perfectly fine. Like, that's kind of my takeaway from Champion Gate was it was fine. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it definitely was not one of those in the column of never give uh, Cyber Kong a singles match again, you know. So like, it, it was fine. I, I guess that's why I, that's why I come away with, from the set of shows with
3: yeah. So, but that was basically. Did, did, did anyone think going into this that Kong might win? I never really gave him a chance. No.
2: Nah. Okay. <laughs>
3: Make sure we're all, all on the same page there. <laughs> no. um, so so CyberCon did not win the Open the Dream Gate title, everybody. Um, so that was that was Champion Gate, you know. It kind of felt anti-climb, you know, like, just we waited so long for it to finally make tape. And when by the time it did, I had trouble. Like, like this was sitting on my flash drive forever before I finally watched it. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Can't I, really complain too much about it. I,
2: I mean, that, that I think that's sadly with how Geora is and the fact that they don't do eye-pay-per-views from Osaka anymore like it just was kind of hard to get jazzed up like I've been in past years for Champion Gate because it's supposed to be like the well, first, they, first big show of the year
3: well they, they still do the Osaka pay-per-view I think
2: they they, they do but it, I, it might have been 2015 was the last year that they actually they used to yeah yeah like it's easier for me they used me. to
3: do Champion Gate
2: yeah exactly and I think that takes a lot out of it. Like, Gaora's scheduling this year has not been the best for Western fans keeping up their emotions with Dragon Gate. And we could probably get into other reasons why Dragon Gate kind of seems to be in a little bit of a lull right now. But it just, it didn't help.
3: Indeed. All right, so moving on then to Hurricane. Uh This was April 7th. The, another sellout, apparently. The show opened with an eight-man tag: Masaki Mochizuki, BB Hulk, Hoko Boy, and Flamita defeating Don Fuji, Dragon Kid, Aita, and Sick Boy in 11:28. Flamita pinning his lucha rival with the flamfly. Um, this was kind of just there for me. I didn't really feel strongly about this match one way or the other. Um, good for Dragon Kid. He had another child. The child they brought in the ring was once again a Dragon Kid fan. I believe <laughs> that's like he has a great record with those children but we should really keep track of we, really... we really should probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. A-
2: a- especially for like the ones that like out of nowhere suddenly are gamma fans like those are the best ones are the ones that just suddenly <laughs> have like a weird fan they're like oh okay
3: my favorite one ever was Naruki Doi when he was still a heel. <laughs> when the kid would say Doi, and the, the, all the everybody in over generation was like shocked and appalled, and then Doi comes out later in the night and goes and high fives the kid in the crowd. Yeah. That was that was still the best one, I think.
2: I, but, I mean, I mean, that was like the first semblance we have Naruki Doi turning face, you know, and we see how much the crowd lo- has kept with this face turn.
4: Yeah, all thanks to that kid.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, do we have any thoughts on the actual match? <laughs> uh, I,
2: I started a fresh new notebook for this match. So on my Dragon Gate notes, I had, I, I thought it was kind of sloppy. Like it, it felt like, especially, and I hate ragging on him, Sachi just, it was not a great Sachi Hoko Boy performance. I, I love the finishing stretch of Flamita and Drastic Boy. But I mean, those guys have been wrestling against each other since they were, knowing DTU, since they were like nine. Like,
3: yeah, I was gonna say, since they were, like, infants, yeah, probably, de- like they were, they were fighting over a but, fighting over the bottle.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a, a, as much crap as, like, people give Dragon Gate for starting kids young, DTU is a lot worse about it. I remember seeing, like, a random, like, DTU match that had 10, that they're like, okay, age 9, age 10, age 12, age 11. I'm like, oh, jeez, they started them really young, but it, it was fine, like... The fascination with uh, everyone getting kicked in the junk was something, but it, it wasn't like a hot starting match, but it was there, I guess. That's how I'd put it.
4: Yeah, I would agree. Um, nothing too much to note, except that I love pretty much everyone in the match, and uh, I'm always excited to see uh, Drastic Boy on these cards, so that was a little extra treat. But yeah, not not too much to note.
2: It, it, it seemed that Drastic Boy has been, like, other than the last time where he had to pay his way, like, they're... I think he's, like, getting kind of accepted in, which is good because of what happened with all the the other gaijins. Like, the gaijin total now is down to Flamita. So if he sticks around, that'd be pretty cool. I've been real impressed with his improvements since he started doing more Dragon Gate tours.
3: I think think a, a big problem with the gaijin is just the roster is, like, so big now. Yeah. With all the new kids that, like, it's just really tough to fit, you know, a bunch of gaijin on the shows. But... Anyway, um match two. We have Jimmy Kanas, Jimmy Kanda, and Jimmy Kagatora defeating KZ, Yuki Yoshioka, and Katsumi Takashima. Uh Jimmy Kagatora, Yoshioka in about eleven eighteen. Um this, so this was set up in the last and where, you know, the the youngins got all up in Jimmy's faces and KZ was like, I'll team with you. But um there really wasn't much to this match. It was for a match that, like I said, has storyline set up, you, I kind of expect a little more. But um, you know, the kids looked okay; nothing to complain about really. It's just kind of just ended up being a match. I
2: I, I think I've developed a gimmick though for a couple for these two because now they've been around enough, and since both shun and hyo have been non-existent on cards lately i think takashima needs to be some kind of snake-like person because he 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 might be one of the most flexible people i've seen in dragon gate in a long time like the like the way that like he just kind of like bends his way out of moves is something re- remarkable he's like gumby yeah.
3: <laughs> that should be is good forgot the state thing it should be he should be katsumi gummy Gumby whatever <laughs> or Katsumi Gummy that works too Gummy. Gummy. I, I mean, yeah, yeah.
2: they love giving kids really weird green gear so I mean just give them a giant green bodysuit give them a mask that's just a Gumby head and just let them like him try to find ways to slip out of holds like it's Michael Nakazawa for like the PG set
4: but yeah that would be incredible he, he needs to be in a unit with uh, the blockheads too yeah <laughs> Well, I has his own blockheads or whatever they were called.
2: To, to be honest, uh, I think that's what the big cat is being a, a blockhead lately. So, I mean, you've blockhead one there. <laughs> and Yoshioka, like, he he doesn't stick out as much to me. So, I guess he be blockhead B. So...
3: Is Yoshioka the, Yoshioka's the one with his bad eyes, right? No, ta- Takashima. Whatever. Takashima. Oh, is. Takashima. Okay. Yeah. So, Yoshi, so, I don't know anything about Yoshioka <laughs> other than his name is Yoshi... Yoshi. Okay, it's about all I know about him. Yeah, uh,
2: I i did l- really like like how they left the streamers in the ring just a little bit too long so that when kz did his step up tope that he had like streamers attached to his leg, I thought that was a really cool visual and he did a lot of stunners in that match. like he did like stunner, stunner, stunner dragon sleeper <laughs> which I thought was kind of a cool little sequence. I mean, it, it it's a little different like you like kz someone that has such a great like running european uppercut like to me like that's kz's like trademark move that he like he's like adding little things to it and i'd like to see that combination stick around for a while but uh y- you know uh, the, the class of 2016 like we've seen how they clearly had designs for Benkei, and then uh I guess Shun's hurt, and Hyo is, looks like he's taking after Tazawa a little bit. But it's nice to see these other two kind of are getting integrated a little bit. I think we're probably, as I said... I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're starting to get their new gimmicks by the end of King of Gate. Just because, I mean, they would have been around long enough to justify that.
3: Yeah, yeah probably. That would make sense. Um... All right, so I guess we can move on then to the next match. Chris, what did you think of the match?
4: Not really too much to note for this one either. Uh, I do like Yoshioka and Takashima. I've actually taken a liking to Yoshioka a little little bit more. Um, Not entirely sure why, but sometimes you just, you know, you you see a rookie and you just kind of put your stamp on one of them. So he was the one out of those two that I kind of always gravitated towards. Uh, but I like KZ with the kids. I would like to see KZ in kind of like a mentor role to some of these rookies. I think that's a, his little uh, his taking a bow post match. I, I, it was a little a nice little moment. I like KZ with the kids.
2: And, and with how Vanguard's going, I, I could easily see him yeah. kind of deciding, be like, you know what? I've been around for so long. Like, people don't realize KZ's been around close over a decade now. So having him uh, like kind of be like a mentor like role with these two, I think would be a kind of a n- neat little turn for him.
3: Okay. So moving on to match three, it was Shima and Gamma Osaka zero Roku against Linda man and punch Tomunaga. uh Gamma got the win over punch in about 15 minutes. We'll talk about the finish in a second here. Um, first of all, theme song note Shima and Gamma still come out to the old Warriors theme song. What yes. do you think of what do you think of We Are the Warriors, Chris?
4: Oh I love any and all iterations of We Are the Warriors and the songs that it would be spliced together with. And I just I, I really can't wait to talk about that on Music of the Mat because uh, like that and glitter and dress for excellence pyramid. I love that whole little Family of songs,
3: I think we'll be in complete agreement now. Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: Um, have you have you heard
3: that? Like, do you hear the the connection between that and the the veteran song too? Because to me, they're so similar. The yeah. We Are Team Veteran theme.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I they have like a similar similar instrumentation, a similar kind of vibe to them. Um, I I love it all. I love uh, I love the We Are Team Veteran theme. Uh, the. Yeah, it, we are the Warriors, especially the uh, the instrumental version. I'm not too big on the vocal version, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a great theme.
3: So Shima and Gamma continue to keep that theme alive. Um, so they came out for this match. This was Gamma's first match in what, like three months, right? Yeah, Something this
2: like is a return, and boy, Since she- yeah, the crowd what, boy. was the crowd was all over the return. Like, most okay, stream- well, the crowd
3: is always. The crowd loves Gamma, which I don't know. Like Western fans, I feel like never give him his due as far as crowd reaction. The crowd absolutely loves him; they always have.
2: But like it was like something like getting the biggest pops other than Doi and Yoshi today. Like it was remarkable. Like it was, it was something special. I, I felt like like that return, and then he got his mic time. I love the note about how Jay posted that. He apparently did not tan while he was in, re- in recuperation, and then he went three days in a row, and that's why he was sunburnt. I like I always like those little gems that Jay throws our way.
3: Um, but as far as the actual match itself goes, um, a little too much Punch Managa.
4: <laughs> that's what I had uh, on my notes, too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, when Linda Man was in there, it was good. Uh, I don't really ever need to see Punch Russell. Like, the heel turn... Really hasn't done anything for me at all. It just feels like he's, if if anything, he feels like he's like regressed from where he was in Mad Blanky. So like he's just he's just really like the ultimate example of a heel who's just there for me. And if anything, it's an act of detriment. <coughs> but um,
2: um, my note I have down for PT in the match is PT is better when he's sleazy, but he's still trash. Like
3: yeah. I don't even know if I like him better as a heel again because, like, he just – when he was a babyface, he didn't do anything. I would have to see him on, this, on these cards all the time. He was just, just kind of there. And yeah, he like, screwing up the audio. Basically, <laughs> yeah. So, and, like, at least he kind of – the crowd would get behind him a little bit, and he might make a little fiery comeback or something. When he's a heel, it's just so boring. Like Nothing is going on with him. Like, when he tags in, it's just like, ugh here comes some stomping. Like, comes- <laughs> him, him and, him and Yoshinobu Kanemaru should form the pack <laughs> team. They could be the stompers. And they could just fucking stomp their goddamn hearts out. Because I really can't take either one of them. They just... Yeah,
2: it, it's just... With him, like, maybe he needs to get back to his roots. They need to recruit Don Fuji to be the sleazy uncle. And he could relearn the ways of the man. But he just... Ugh. Like, I'm I'm very happy that the roster is so big that we don't have to see Punch Tomonaga so often, but if there was ever, like, a time that I'm like, is Yashi doing something today? Was Yashi doing better <laughs> than, than than not being at Cork and for me not have to see Punch Monaga This match was that, because everyone else was fine. And it. I I do like the fact that now, it, like, the post-match stuff with, with Monchan, I... I was kind of like Monday Ryu, okay, but now that he's kind of like the little mascot of overgeneration, I love it a lot.
3: Yeah, Monday yeah. Ryu was great here. So he came out with Osaka um, Zeroku. Zero um, they attacked him. Linda Man took off his mask and then put it on and started doing Monday poses, which was <laughs> fucking awesome. Like he's he's got his arms outstretched doing a little Monday Ryu dance, and the crowd was so mad. Like, they were not here for this at all. They were fucking booing the shit out of him.
2: What a good heel but, um, he's become.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's really he's really come along. So, my yeah. He goes backstage with a mask that's... I don't... Like, what were the colors? It was, like, gray and, like, purple or something? I don't... It was, like, a blue? I don't know. It, I can't picture it in my head now.
2: It, it was... I watched the show this morning. Uh, it was, like, the silver... It actually looks like the singlet... Fabric that uh, Big Arshimizu wears is the best way to describe it. Oh,
3: okay, yeah. that's that's yeah. a good description. But yeah, so so it, I, I can't say it matched Over Generation's colors, but Over doesn't really have colors, so it's fine. They have like a pattern instead mm-hmm. in, the, in the um, you know, and the and the caves and stuff. But yeah, so he he obviously he comes back out in this in this new mask, which is really cool. That was a really cool way to ch- change his mask, and he hits Tomonaga with the po with the powder. Gamma hits him with the Gamma special, but then instead of pinning him, he puts him in a fucking Boston Crab
4: like you're (laughs) still a young
3: lion to me and you still suck, and you're going to tap out to this Boston Crab. So that was a great finish. Um, You know, a a great finish to a match that was just there because, again, Ponce Tomonaga was in it.
2: Gamma, my other note I have for this match, Gamma friendship with PT over. No, now Monday Ryu is my best friend. Like, that's pretty much encapsulates what I felt like the ending sequence was.
3: Yeah, so um, any other thoughts on the match, Chris?
4: Yeah, you know, I had all the same things. I thought Linda Man was the perfect little shithead here. I thought that was great. Uh, uh, Gamma tapping out Punch with a Boston Crab I thought was incredible. Um, My favorite part of the show, I think. And uh, you know, Mondai Ryu as a sympathetic figure is something that I didn't even know I needed, but now that we have it, I just don't want to go back. I think it, everything that they did with him here and at the last Korokan, I think it's been great, and I love him. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I was very pleased with uh, with everything here. So yeah, after
3: after the match, Team led a Mondai Ryu chant, told him to keep up his rehab. Um, we got the gamma tanning information. That that uh, chris talked about earlier, or that sorry michael talked about earlier and then gamma announced he was ready to return to full time return to the ring full time so that's good news i guess um okay after that match four t-hawk and yamamura they went over 17 minutes t-hawk winning with a night ride um i didn't like this as much as i lo- the yamamura big r singles match from a couple kirkens ago this was i think a level below that Mostly just the opening like five or six minutes is pretty boring, yeah. but it did it did get good after that and you know by the end I thought it was a it w- was a pretty good singles match. Um, I wasn't surprised that T-Hawk ended up winning clean, but um, you know he he, he probably kind of needed a win here, and immersed at the point where just having a, a long competitive singles match could make him you know helps him get over I think, but um so any general thoughts on the map we get into like spots or whatever
2: uh chris go ahead i have a, some i have a rant to go on in a couple minutes so chris you take first on this
4: <laughs> okay yeah i'm in agreement that this was a level below yamamura and big r because man that draw that they had that's still one of my favorite matches of the year i really love that and I just think Yamamura has been one of my favorite performers in the company so far this year. Uh, I love his fire. I loved it here, and I thought he brought the best out of T Hawk. Who T Hawk singles outings are really hit and miss for me, um, and a lot more miss than hit. So I would say that uh, I really enjoyed this, and and it just continued to Yamamura continues to add to his resume this year. So uh, I really enjoyed that.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Michael Spears Iron Mike Spears on Twitter The Southern with the greatest wrestler tweets I had to make a retraction about <laughs> something I said in November Where I said that Yamamura and Ishida were getting very passed by by these youngins I completely retract that And I'm a full devotee of the church of Takahiro Yamamura now I thought this match was I like this match probably more than you two. I even like the slow beginning, I love that they were fighting into the crowd and the guy in the front row was just stoked as all get out, just like freaking out, like so excited that these two these two young guys were beating the crap out of each other in front of them. And really to me, like the story of the year is the elevation of Takahira Yamura. I think he might be the most outstanding wrestler of twenty seventeen in Dragon Gate. Everything he like since the match with uh, Big R Shimizu, and really since the uh, match at Final Gate with him and Ishida versus Mochizuki and Fuji, that he has shown uh, another fire. He's finally kind of become the figure that they wanted him to be when they kind of like pointed him out as their next big star right before he debuted. So I was wrong in my ways of besmirching Takahiro Yamamura. I repent my ways. I think that he... I'm real interested to see how this King of Gate's going to go with him because we're now at a point now that overgeneration has kind of merged itself into from being about okay, it's the young guys with the veterans. Now that you have both Yamamura and Ada both have like made their claims for being players on the roster, like it's going to be real interesting to see how this all plays out through King of Gate. So that's my rant about Takahiro Yamamura. He I am now an avowed fan and I can't wait to see how he's going to perform through King of Gate.
3: Well, I see when you said a rant. I thought you were going to like trash up somebody. So
2: I, I'm ranting on myself. Really? I'm atoning. Okay. I'm atoning. <laughs> I, 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 I've been playing a lot of persona five lately, and this is when I would call the press conference and say that I've admitted the evils of my heart against this young man. So, <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so yeah, so the, this match was it, was, it was good. The the standout spot to me was the all the slapping back and forth they did. And at that point, apparently one of the announcers said something like, Otoko no Tatakai, uh, tata which I believe means, like, this is a manly fight we're watching, basically. When they're just, like, slapping each other back and forth and back and forth. So, um, yeah, that was... Uh, it was it, it was a it was a good match and it definitely picked up by the end, like you said you probably liked it more than I did, but um, I I still liked it it was good.
2: I, I went three and a half on it like I I oh I, I, I,
3: I would go about I would go about three and a half.
2: Yeah yeah I, I think the interesting story that they're really going to tell is Yamamura takes these guys to the limit and maybe he doesn't get a win in his block but the 20 minute draw now I feel like they've built it up cause they, it, because uh, they because got the pen right before Kikuchi would start doing like the Two minutes left, one minute left, 30 seconds left calls. And I think that's going to be a, a really cool storyline going forward in the King of Gate.
3: Hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, so that's that was that match. Uh, moving on then to the semi-main after after intermission. It was Shingo Takagi and Cybercon defeating Yamato and Yosuke Santamaria in about 18 minutes. Shingo pinned Yamato with his cradle and... The takano sumi, sume, I should say. Um, this is a this is a pretty good match. Um, I, I enjoyed a lot of it was based around Maria trying to pick people up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like, um, and it did lead to Maria and Yamato finally getting to double suplex Cyracon towards the end. I would have liked it better if Maria just got to fucking do something by herself, mm-hmm. honestly. But i get that they don't they want to sell that you know how big and tough shingo and cybercon are but yeah i mean it was uh this was this was good i i thought it was going to be i don't know what i expect going in i maybe i expected to be a little worse than it was so it was a mildly pleasant surprise but yeah any other thoughts on
2: like i, I- to me, like, Maria was the star of this match, and that's kind of a statement about these three guys right now when someone not involved in Dead or Alive main event is the focus of the go-home corking for it. Like, to me, like, I was a little bit low on this match. I it, it just kind of felt like that, for what they were trying to build to, this wasn't that kind of match. I mean, I thought it was all right. Like, it also kind of further cemented Yamato and how this Dreamgate reign has been for him because he really should have like having that pen from Takagi on him should have been a bigger, it should have been made a bigger deal than what it was.
3: Mm. Hmm. What do you think, Chris?
4: I agree with Mike. I wasn't as high on this match and I, I thought really Maria was the most interesting person here. I am interested to a degree in the dissension between Shingo and Cyber Kong. However that plays out uh, in the cage match or and after that. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean uh, this this wasn't I, I was I was way more interested in the uh, Shima and Gamma versus uh, Linda and Punch tag match on this show so uh, I, I wasn't as high on this on this one.
3: It was yeah it was I would say it, it was fine. It wasn't anything that great but um, it was it was a fine little match I guess. Um so afterwards, so basically Shingo and CyberCong had some friendly fire uh issues. I don't think this is really going anywhere. I think it's just to tease dissension for the cage. Same as with uh BB Hulk and Yamato. Does anybody feel differently?
2: Yeah, like maybe it was because last cage match was all berserk that like there there was a big disruption there about this, but I I, I wonder how this match this cage match is gonna play out because it's such a different style of match than what they've been doing in years previous.
3: Mm. But um so yeah that we'll get into that when we talk about the um the preview for the show. Um so afterwards Yamato also had a, a little he he basically he he played off of Shingo's Finish your name with an old Japanese saying, which is like "no alu takaha suma, sume sume o kakasu." I know my Japanese is terrible. Everybody, don't don't complain at me, don't at me. Actually, but um, but basically, it means um, someone should always keep their best trick secret for when it matters. So he basically told Shingo, "You pinued the taka no sume once, but it's not going to happen again in the cage." So I that was a little interesting tease. Um, Yamato at the end apparently thought the show was over before realizing there's another match left so he kind of awkwardly did his catch and left <sighs> the...
2: that boy he's having he's had some issues this
3: year in the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the open the triangle gate title match Nariki, Dori, Big Arshomizu and Benkei successfully defending their belts against Genki, Susumu and Saito um I think it was it was who got pinned because it's not even on here. It was Genki.
2: Yeah, it was Genki.
3: Okay, that's what I thought, but for some reason Jay didn't have it on here. So Doy pinned Genki in about 21 minutes with the Bakatera sliding kick. Um, this was a this was a, a really fun Triangle Gate match. It was the only thing I thought was like absolutely must watch on the show. Um, you know, it, I, I enjoyed a lot some of the some of the notable spots to me. The the door the Doy the, the getting chased around the outside of the ring by Susumu spot, where he kept climbing up a, a turnbuckle and then climbed back down. Yeah, Climb up a turnbuckle, climbed back down. And finally gave up and got caught by Susumu for the um, avalanche style exploder. Uh, it was that was a really fun spot. Dory doing like three straight uh, Dory fives leading into the finish was pretty cool. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this match quite a bit. So it was it was a good try. I, I actually liked it a lot better than the child gate match from champion gate
2: yeah like i really love this this team and i'm really excited about what's going to happen now that we'll we'll get into this right after the the events of the post match but it was i i love the teamwork that binkay and big r have like basically like they they both like set each other up for moves they like both love throwing guys around and then you have doi as like the proud like older brother going yes go ahead throw these the th- throw these old men around i'm pleased i'll come in and kick them afterwards but i also liked how horiguchi like the story like the tale of, of genki horiguchi in his career him like having the one night where he gets the backslide over as the most over move in the promotion and he does a backslide roll combination to naruki doi and the crowd just each time there's a two count, gets louder and louder and louder, and it really added so much to this match. And it, it, it's by far the match of the night, and it's a, if you only want to want to watch one match from the show, go back and see it. But I, I thought that this was a really good, strong first defense for the Triangle Gate, and I hope that this means that the Triangle Gate is going to be a little bit more stable going into the hot season for Dragon Gate.
3: For people who say anyone who thinks the Triangle Gate isn't still over in dragon gate i mean the crowd reacted to this match on a completely different level than they reacted to anything else on the show mm-hmm. and now granted part of that might have been part of that was probably they, they were super into Doi, but i mean part of it's just the the, the belts are still over to the crowd at least like they were still they were really they were they were so into this match that you know i had the television at the same volume the entire time watching the show and my my girlfriend was in the room with me and this is the only match where she suddenly was like can, why is this so loud can you lower that and it's like well i didn't turn it up it's just the, the triangle Gate matches the, the crowd was actually just like losing their mind for this match mm-hmm. like they were they were super loud especially like you said during the the backslide time spot where genki tried to pin doi over and over again with the backslide but yeah it was uh i,
4: I really enjoyed this match what do you think? Chris? Yeah, me too. I thought this was really great. I love that closing stretch with Doi and Genki. I'm super into this, uh, this Doi, Big R and Ben K trio. And uh, I mean, the potential unit coming out of this, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Although I do have one addition that I would really love to see in there. And I guess we can talk about that uh, when we when we get to it.
2: I think let's get into it. I think that we pretty well covered this. Uh, Who do you want to see in this new unit?
4: I would really love to see Katoka in this unit. And I'm interested in how being rejected by Doi will play out. Um, Because it seems like that's kind of maybe setting him up to go in a different direction. or, Or maybe even just kind of be by himself for a while. And I would love to see him as because I really love the um, Yoshino, Doi, and Kotoka trio. I, I like them together a lot, um, but I, I also just think he meshes really well with Big R and Ben K. So I think that he's a no-brainer for this unit that they're going to be putting together.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's an interesting lineup for a unit. Um, so it, it's only it's only. F- four dudes right now. So the only thing I worry about is that we saw how the last the last unit with only a few members went, obviously, and we're going to talk about that when we get to the questions because one of the questions was about that. So I hope they're able to avoid all that down once the once the, the former unit is formed. But, yeah, I mean, um, I'm very excited to see what their theme is and, you know, their theme song and just their unit theme and their colors and all that. Um, someone suggested they go purple. That I don't one. know who that was. That you.
2: Yeah, that was me, because Milo and I, when uh, Tri-Vanguard formed, we were really wanting a purple unit, and Doi is a colorful man, he's been wearing pink a whole lot, a whole lot of World 1 International pink, and I don't know, I, I think that that would suit both Doi and Yoshi real well, uh, Kotoka, with how his gear was before he got injured, I think you could add purple to that, and, I mean, the only person that'd be kind of weird on would be Binke. So, so this is my official start of lobbying for a purple Doi Yoshi gun. But, I, I, I have to say, like, one of my favorite moments, and one of the things that's really kind of kept me still really invested in how long this unit shuffle has been, has been the interplay, but Shimizu kind of being the intermediary between Doi and Yoshi. Like, that was really great. Like, Jay mentioning that that Shimizu has been l- sending line messages to Yoshino, and getting all flustered about that he doesn't want yoshino to th- know that he thinks of him that he cares about him and i just l- kind of love how these two have had this interplay it makes me wonder if this is going to be the final unit or if something's going to happen with yoshino and it- when he returns but it's been great so far like i'm all aboard this new unit like chris i think katoka would be great in it i think maybe you i i think maybe this might be a good time also with with Shun Skywalker because you're going to want to have a younger loss post than Katoka, maybe to make it a full six people in that. But I, it, it really felt like a great capsulation to, to end the show, having Yoshino come back announcing his full-time return, especially after an injury that was as scary as what it was.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really something that came back so quick. You know, I've obviously seen people speculate um Someone on Twitter, I mean, I'm not going to mention him because people get mad at me, but um, was basically mentioned that it could have something to do with mid-breath, you know, which, I mean, to be fair, is very possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's its surprising that he's back so, so soon. I hope hope that he's not rushing it in a way that's really going to cause him permanent damage, you know, and end up back on the shelf quicker than... uh quicker than he should, even quicker than he should. But, um, you know, I'm glad he's not going to be King of Gate. That would have been way too much for him so soon. I hope just, he'll just be in a tag match on the next Korkin and just kind of ease his way back in. Mm-hmm. We don't have a match announced for him. We don't have a match announced for him yet, right?
2: No, no, we don't have anything for that Corkin other than the uh, King of Gate matches.
3: Can, right. So hopefully he eases his way back in and just kind of like, you know doesn't try to do too much too soon but yeah this is like this is like john cena level healing here yeah <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> th- crazy th-
2: this is bigger than john cena level he- healing to be quite honest like this was a back injury that at the time people were like oh usually people retire from this and and less than four months he's like yep yeah, i'm good now let's let's see what's going to happen here hey doy, i heard you're missing me babe
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the doi yoshi the Doi Yoshi relationship is something else. Yeah, uh, um,
2: I I am looking at the Korkin card for uh for May 9th, and Doi is not booked yet, so I would
3: Bin probably Doi Yoshi tag.
2: Yeah, Doi Yoshi tag maybe with Big R because Pink K has T Hawk on the that opening night. So
3: right, so let's so any any before we get into all the upcoming stuff, any final thoughts on the Corkin? It was kind of it was a good enough show it was kind of like about in line with what the kirkens have been this year where it's not nothing is blowing nothing's blowing your way it has a really good main event and nothing on the undercard is really blowing your way um you know i would say if, if you're only going to watch one match watch the triangle gate match um t-hawk yamamura is probably also worth the watch and then everything else the show is pretty skippable
2: yeah just, any yeah. any thoughts yeah, I'd say that. I mean for someone who likes watching like the evolution of young guys, then the uh then the Kezi Takashima Yoshioka tag probably is the third best match on the card in my mind. So that's what I'd go with.
4: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean I usually enjoy Dragon Gate Korkin. I I think they're always an easy watch and it's always really fun to watch them live as well whenever I can. Um I didn't watch this one live, but uh, watching it uh later after the fact, I thought it was still really enjoyable. And I'd recommend T Hawk and Yamamur as well as the main event. Because um, I think, I just think Yamamur is someone to really just keep your eye on and just watch as he continues to ascend. Because his ascension has really been my favorite thing about Dragon Gate this year. The scary thing is, he's still only 21. <laughs> like, that's insane to me. Him and Ishida, they're only 21 and that's just it's incredible how much potential and it really it's just insane because even you look at guys like Yohei Kamatsu and Sho Tanaka they're like in their late 20s even like like a Koji Iwamoto he's 27 it's insane how young Yamamura is and how good he is right now
2: it's dragon gate how they're able to get these kids like fresh out of high school and get them into their system and within 2 years like and even less so, I mean, with Binke, and mean, Binke still is in his rookie year, and he's a little older, but, like, how they get these guys in, I mean, Ada debuted pretty young as well. It's just insane.
3: So, okay, so that was Hurricane. Um Pretty much, we think we pretty much covered it from all angles. Moving on now to previews of upcoming stuff. First of all, Dead or Alive... Um, we we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but it looks like we're going to have a Twingate match at Dead or Alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner of the winner of Shima Dragon Kid versus Kness and Conda match, which is coming up in about eight days, will then have to defend against T-Hawk and Lindaman, it looks like. Um, I, I, I think hawk and Lindaman winning these belts, honestly.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think that... I wouldn't be surprised if Konda and Kness win that match, but I've also been calling for the CK one to drop the belts for a while. But really the logical end point is Linda Man needs to get his first belt as a wrestler. So I think that's a good thing. And I think him and T Hawk kind of with what's going on in the main event of that show, it's good I think that'd be a good belt to put on for Zerk.
4: Yeah, I'm a fan of T Hawk and Linda Man. As twin gate champions you know you got the big cocky prick and the little cocky prick i think it's just i think it works on a couple different levels and uh you know titles on verzurk is always kind of a thing that i guess people might be a little bit tired of and i'm you know the i get fatigued by it as well and verzurk is kind of a thing that i feel has all but run its course at this at this stage of the game but you know y- you just got to look at it like eventually this new unit that's going to be starting up they'll they'll probably have twin gate challengers at some point i could imagine big r and ben k against t hawk and linda mann would be that that would be a, a hoot actually I, I would think so i'm all for getting the titles on the berserk team if it leads to something like that down the line
3: is it is that the only other match we have confirmed that are live so far right
2: yeah they i think they're waiting for the hakata starlanes show to flesh out the mm-hmm. undercard card
3: okay because obviously we're not going to get the the qualifiers because it doesn't look, it doesn't look like we have a double risk this year.
2: Yeah, it's a different. I it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around this doing a title in the so cage. So
3: let's let's try to let's let's try to explain these rules for people because it is a little it's probably <laughs> a little weird. Okay, so we have the four flags at the top of the cage in each corner. The Dream Gate title belt will be on the center pole. The participants are Yamato Takagi. Ka Ik- kong hulk and doi takagi kong hulk and doi must first retrieve a flag once they have done so they gain dreamgate challenger status
2: They move on the four challengers
3: can be eliminated state. yeah the four challengers can be eliminated via pender submission anytime during the match this mm-hmm. can occur before they are able to receive retrieve a challenger flag Any eliminated competitor must leave the cage, but they also don't lose their hair or their mask, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. if you stay in the match, you can win the Dream Gate, but you also might lose your hair or your mask. Um, Yamato must compete during the entire match, but he will not be able to retrieve the title belt until there is only one challenger remaining. He cannot be eliminated via pinball submission at any point during the match. The match will progress until Yamato and one challenger remain. The match can then be won, and only then, by retrieving the Dreamgate Gate title belt. The final competitor left, the one who doesn't retrieve the title belt, loses their hair or their mask. So that, I know that's very complicated, but basically the first stage is everybody is trying to get a flag except for Yamato. Yamato's just trying to pin people. The second stage is everybody's trying to pin everybody else, especially if you've already gotten a flag. And then the final stage is once you have Yamato and one challenger, the, someone has to grab the Dream Gate belt, and whoever doesn't grab the Dream Gate belt is going to lose their hair or their mask. So... Let's try to make a prediction here. I don't think Yamato's gonna lose the belt in this. This might this might sound crazy because he's had the belt for so long already. I think Yamato's winning and I think I think Takagi's losing his hair. <laughs> That's my prediction. <sighs> hmm.
2: I think that it's well overdue, though I think Doi's winning the belt. Because he's forming the new I, unit. I hope you're
3: right. Yeah, I hope you're right.
2: I think Doi's losing his belt, and that means we get to see Yamato's big old ears. I oh,
3: you think Yamato's <sighs> losing his hair? Well, he has wow. to. Well, he
2: has to because if Yamato loses, he loses his hair.
3: Oh yeah, like well, that's no. Well, oh, he can't be limit. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. uh that's that's how I'm leaning. The reason. W- also, is if Yamato wins, then the next title match is going to be after King of Gate, and it's either going to be against King Gate winner right after, or it's going to be at Kobe World. And unless they're going to do, like, a new era of Yamato defenses where he's defending against people who aren't of the uh, Big Five plus uh, Kong or of his generation, you kind of have to either move on or you have to end it. And I think that with how poorly and for factors that aren't his own yamato's tile reign has been i think it's time that they they should have given the belt to doi at final gate but you're forming a new unit and they love to form new units with new champions so i'm going with doi
3: that's a good point actually so you're making me you're making
4: me rethink my pack
3: but i'll stick with it
2: yeah chrissy you got
4: I was really thinking along the same lines as you, Mike, Uh, you know, and in my heart, I would really love to see it be Doi winning. Um, I was kind of leading towards Yamato just to be on the safe side. But in all honestly, I'm kind of done with Yamato's Dream Gate reign. I've been largely underwhelmed by it, and it pains me to say that because I love Yamato. I think he's really great, but... I would really love to see Doi come out of this with the Dream Gate, if only just for the freshness of that and what it would do for the new unit. And this match is just so hard, I think, to predict, especially because when you think you've pinned down the direction that they're going to go in, they go in about two or three different directions that you did not foresee coming. And that made sense all along. So... I'm just gonna say I would really like to see Doi win the title. Uh, whether or not that happens, I guess remains to be seen. Anything else? Eh, wouldn't be too big on Hulk or Shingo, and let's be honest, it's not going to be Cybercon. So,
2: yeah,
3: like definitely. No.
2: I I think like the. The absolute interesting... To me, like, an interesting way to do this... If you're not going to go with Yamato or Doi is... And go along with me on this. This might be a little roundabout way. So, first off... Shingo Takagi wins the match. Shaves Yamato's head. Takes the belt. I know that's not a popular decision. But this is a far-fetched idea. And go along with me on this. Then, in King of Gate, Doi wins. So then you set up at Kobe World... Nuruki Doi versus the big heel champion. And then Nuruki Doi gets the big win and the nice send-off, and that's how you end Kobe World. That could happen. Probably not. But it'd be interesting.
4: Long-term, I think that would be an incredible payoff. Short-term, I think a lot of people would be really upset about that.
2: (laughs) Me saying that, I realize that Twitter probably is going to call for my head when this gets released but (laughs) but i just think that 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 would be an interesting storyline to go for but i still think your end game is doi with the belt
3: so that that that's probably i I agree but i guess we'll see how it ends up gut work playing out from there i'm starting to just rethink my pick and just say (laughs) doi's gonna win this so I, i don't know we'll see i hope i hope you guys are right for sure um, all right, so moving on to King of Gate. We have the King of Gate blocks and all the big matches. Let's go through that really quick here. Um, once again, it's four blocks. So the A block is Yamato, Ata, Dragon Kid, Don Fuji, Jimmy Kness, and Big R Shimizu. Um, there's a number of ways that block can play out. You know, you could have Yamato, having lost his hair and his title, kind of win the block for redemption. You could have Ata win the block, get, uh, continue his push. You could have Big R win the block. I think those are the three most likely ones. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the A Block.
4: How
2: dare you besmirch Don Fethuji. Don Fethuji <laughs> he's, he's,
3: he, he's not going to win A Block, buddy, but sorry for that. Sorry to burst your bubble. I,
2: I know Case is probably real happy that we're going to get a lot more of Kness this time. Because I think that's a... Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this match... I mean this block has just a lot of fun matches, you know? Like like Kness versus Dragon Kid. One of the biggest storylines in Torimon history, revived in twenty seventeen. You have Big R Shimizu versus Ada. You have like generational rivals there. You have Don Fuji versus Dragon Kid. Like there's a lot of goodness in this block. I I think the three you listed are probably the most likely winners of that block, but I think this might looking at the blocks, this is probably the block that has maybe the most even competition. Like there's not really anyone who I think is
3: going to throw up a big zero and block play. Caness uh, K- can end up getting, I think he might end up finishing like one and five, but I
4: guess we'll say.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, do you have any thoughts on a block, Chris?
4: Yeah, uh, this it's between the a and the C block as to what I'm most excited about. Ata is my favorite overall wrestler in dragon gate. And I'm really excited about some of these matchups here, especially A to Big R uh, and As. Uh, I would really, really love to see him have another showing like he did in last year's King of Gate, because for me, as a Big A to fan, even prior to that, that was just like such a such a gratifying experience just to watch him kind of ascend and just have these these big time performances like he did. So I'm very excited about. A- a lot of the matchups, uh, not only with Eita, but there's a lot of other great stuff here as well. So, yeah, that's between the A and the C block as to what I'm looking forward to the most.
3: Yeah, Ata e- Yamato, we get that right away at Kirk and Hall. Um, and that's a, that's going to be on the very first Kirk out on May 9th. And that's, that should be a banger, honestly. So, mm-hmm. excited for that one. All right, so B block. Uh, we have T-Hawk, Jimmy Susumu, KZ, Gamma, Yosuke Santa, Maria, Ben K. I think this is pretty clearly T Hawk's block to lose. Um, I don't really see anybody else winning this. Maybe You could maybe say Susumu, maybe Ben K. Um, this is not definitely, I think, my least exciting block. My least excited, the block I'm least excited for, honestly. Um, T Hawk versus Ben K will be good. Um, Maria against KZ. Having these two tag team partners, have to go up against each other. Tag team partners slash maybe lovers, actually. But <laughs> if you watch the interaction. But yeah, that'll be interesting. But yeah, not a lot here, honestly.
2: And that T-Hawk-Benkay match is also on that Korkin. This May 9th Corkin guys, I think might end up being yeah. the show of the year for Dragon Gate. The more I'm looking at this show, like... Uh, I agree. This is T Hawk's block. Susumu is probably the only other person with a real claim on it. This is Bin-K's first tournament. I think that I-, I see him getting the win over Maria, probably against KZ, but pff, losing against T Hawk, uh, Susumu, and-, and Gamma. So I think he'll go two and three. To be quite honest, uh, but yeah, like it- it's not as interesting as the A block. I think really the two to watch for though are T Hawk and Binkei.
4: Yeah, what's interesting for me with the B-Block is just to see Ben K's uh, singles chemistry with a bunch of different people. I can envision the Haas battle between him and T-Hawk, but I could also see him and Maria having some great chemistry as well. Uh, And, you know, Casey's going to sell his ass off and bump around for Ben K, so that's going to look really great. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, this is interesting from that perspective just to watch Ben K in his first King of Gate. so I'm looking forward to that.
3: Then we move on to C-Block, which is another loaded block. Neruki Doi, Jimmy Saito, you Jimmy Saito, Jimmy Kagatora, Shima, Takahiro Yamamura, and Cyberkong. Um, a lot of matches I'm excited for here. I really can't wait to see Doi and Shima. Um, they have one of my, one of probably the most, I feel like it's not talked about a lot, but they have one of my favorite, like, um, long-term Dreamgate rivalries in, in Dragon Gate history. You know, the big match where where Doi famously like broke Shima's neck um, during in 2007, I believe that was. And then they had another match where Shima challenged Doi at, at Bay World when Shima was Brave Gate champion, and Doi was Dreamgate champion. So they've had some interesting matches in the past, and I'm looking forward to another one here. They had another one during Shima's long 2013 reign. I yeah. feel like, but that, that one doesn't stand out in my m- mind as, as bit as much as the other two. But, um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. D- Doi and Shima, um, you know, meaning again, one-on-one for the first time in a long time. And you also have, um, you know, the big match on the, the for the May ninth curriculum, which like everybody else is saying is stacked is Shima and Yamamura, you know, the, the whole sensei versus student thing there. And that'll be really interesting.
2: It's father son, really. Yeah, <laughs> Yamamura considers Shima his second father, so that match, like, is going to pop off. I think that I said earlier that I think it'd be real interesting if Yamamura went zero zero and five and just took everyone to a draw. With how they've been building him up as a guy that takes everyone to their limit. And it's going to be great to see, like, Yamamura versus Kong. I never thought I'd say Yamamura versus Kong was a match I was excited about. <laughs> but that one is going to be real interesting. I'm right now scrolling down the schedule of the matches that have been announced already. And this is an interesting little nugget for the, uh, for the June 1st Korkin. And this is, of course, a- after a lot of matches are going on. But Yamamura versus Doi takes place in, in Korkin. That's gonna go insane. Wow, that's gonna be insane. Just imagine the yeah. crowd. Like, ugh. But yeah, this this block. I think it, if we're, it's a tough block. Like, jeez. Like this. I think
3: Dory won. I think Dory wins it. But it could be Shima. It could be. It could even be like someone out left field, like Saito or Kagetora. But I think Dory and Shima have the best
4: chance.
2: Yeah. Jeez. This block.
4: <laughs> yeah. I could easily see it being Doi, but then again, you never know with Dragon Gate. The one thing that I'm really kind of looking towards is Yamamura and Kagatora. I would love to see Yamamura get a victory over Kagatora and maybe set up a Brave Gate defense down the line. You know, The one that he felt that he didn't deserve as of yet, and I would love to see him just bust his ass all tournament, get a victory over Kagatora, and then feel that, okay, I've earned this now. I'd like to challenge for the Brave Gate.
2: That match is taped too. That match is in Sapporo, so hopefully, like when that when everything starts, we'll, starts to leak, like hopefully we'll be able to see that.
3: We'll get into the schedule after we go th- finish going through the blocks. But um, to so the D block, Shingo Takagi, BB Hulk, Misaki Mochizuki, Genki Horiguchi, Jimmy Condon, El Deman There's another block that I think is you know got some real bangers banger matches here. You know, obviously going to have Shingo and Hulk again. They're never-ending. never-ending feud. Um, we're going to have Linda Man and Shingo, which is you know under the radar, but I don't know if that's going to make tape or not. We'll see it in a second. But that's interesting. Um, and then the big match that's taking place in the first Hurricane is Shingo and Mochizuki, which you know that, that's their first meeting since their title match you know about over a year ago now. But um, what that was what that was uh, which that gave destiny the other one. Uh, it or was a gate destiny.
2: It was gate destiny because that okay. was in November, and then December was Shingo versus Shima. Right.
3: So yeah, that 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 gate destiny match was um, like I had that like four and three quarters or something. So I doubt the Korkin match will be at that level, but it still should be really, really good.
2: Yeah, guys, um, don't sleep on this May Corkin Don't sleep. It's yeah, this be... May Corrigan
3: looks so good. Like yeah. that could be their best one in a long time. Um. Well, yeah, so May 9th for that. We've we pretty much we gone through all the matches announced so far. But yeah, Yamato Ida, T-Hawk Benkei, Shima Yamamura, and Shingo Mochizuki. That's that's a hell of a lineup.
2: With Yoshino's but, um,
3: return. Yeah, with Yoshino's return, dude, yeah. yeah. Great point. That's, that, that's their biggest quirk in a long time. So really excited for that. Um, but anyway, as far as the rest of D-block goes, like who's going to win it, there's a lot of guys who could win deep block You know, I could see, honestly, I could see Shingo winning it. I could see Hulk winning it. I could see Mochizuki winning it. I mean, you never, never can write off Kenki Horaguchi in a tournament like this. So, you know, I think it's probably a little too early for Linda Man. I think Kanda's gonna eat a lot of pins, but you, you really could say four people could win this block. Um, it's, a, it's a very balanced block.
2: Yeah, this is probably the most balanced block of the tournament. And yeah, like, who's to say that Yingki Horikuchi isn't gonna win this block, win the tournament, and then have a new wife beater that he's gonna wear for two years. Like it's possible, <laughs> like, Dragon Gate. Like, uh. that. Like, I'll be honest. Like, this year hasn't done a whole lot for me Dragon Gate wise. But just
3: no, not, not me neither. King of
2: Gate. Oh, like if there's Gayora, please put every one of these shows up here. Like, there's not a mat. I'm looking at the schedule of announced matches. There's not very many of these matches that these shows i'm like oh i want to skip that like like randomly in may 21st in Mie, yamato versus jimmy kness cyber congress yeah we're not Star gonna White. get
3: that we're not gonna get that unfortunately yeah but, but
4: let's oh. go <laughs> let's go through the schedule oh wait, wait first chris do you have any thoughts on the d block i like the d block uh not just the rap group uh i think <laughs> this is you know when uh when this is my least enticing block but it's still really awesome that just shows you the depth of this tournament and I'm really glad that they're doing this format again uh, so yeah I'm I'm just hyped to see Mochizuki kick Lindemann in the head a bunch of times I think that'll be great <laughs> and uh, yeah uh, I'm listen I'm pulling for Genki Genki is my pick for D-Block
3: so let's quickly go through the the televised shows here because a lot of these shows are not going to make TV but we went through May 9th the Kurikan already and um, we skip ahead to May 15th in Kobe oh, 14th, which is May tape.
2: 14th they're taping uh Yamanashi this year.
3: Uh, they are taping Yamanashi?
2: Yeah, they because because they have Mudo on that show and Mudo is also oh. well, one's also Gaora. Like they they Jay did a post on the Facebook about this. Like for the first time they're taping a homecoming show. So Yamanashi So it's going
3: to be a Gamma... So we only have two matches announced for that, which is Gamma Susumu, and Linda Mankanda. So that's a little disappointing to me because like there's really nothing else going on at the Muto on this show. But I don't know. Are they going to air the whole thing?
2: I think they are. Yeah, it'll be it's a regular scheduled episode of Infinity.
3: Interesting. Yeah. So are we? Is any other any of the other stuff getting bumped as a result or no?
2: Let me pull up the, the Gaia schedule. But uh, you can go ahead okay, and start talking about other uh, about the Co- the uh, Kobe Samba Hall show. But I don't think so. I think that
3: is that. De- hm? Mm-hmm. Sorry. I mean, I'm trying to find. I'm um, okay. I see it. Yeah. So May Fourteenth is getting taped. We only have two. We only have two uh, two matches on there. Um, two King of Gate matches anyway. Okay, I, I see the gear, gear schedule here.
2: Yeah, they, they don't um, have anything past uh 514 but we know so it's... we don't
3: so basically so we so we're just speculating but we, we know that kobe Samba hall should make tape right always does
2: It'll, Kobe so... osaka hokkaido and uh hakata
3: both hokkaido both, there's like three hokkaido shows
2: i i think they'll combine them into one they always combine okay. hokkaido
3: well that's all right well let's just let's speculate anyway then so all may right. 15th at sambo hall dragon kid versus Ben benkei versus jimmy susumu jimmy saito versus jimmy Kagatora. so it will be good to get and jimmy kanda versus genki or so it's like the jimmy wars episode if we get this on tape <laughs> yeah um oh, Drac- may 20th and it was Drac-
2: sorry dragon Drac- kid versus Ada.
3: Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's the partners, too. Yeah, that's interesting. Great
2: show. Gosh. Um, I'm almost pacing. I'm almost pulling a May- lens. and start pacing my office looking at these
3: shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, May 20th in Osaka. Yamato versus Don Fuji. Yes! yes. Yeah. The feud The feud comes back. The empty arena match. Oh. <laughs> an old school feud there. So Yamato versus Don Fuji. KZ versus Jimmy Susuru. Kaneska explodes there. Um, Shima versus Neruki Doi and BB Hulk versus Mochizuki Okay, that's a hell of a card right there, too.
2: Oh my god!
3: Like that could be, that could hmm. be another one that 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 could be like a um a show of the year candidate. But yeah, that's
0: don't that's a hell of a card.
2: Don't sleep um, on King of Gate this year. Oh gosh, this is insane. May
3: twenty sixth, <laughs> May twenty sixth in Okado is Yamato Dragon Kid, KZ Maria. There's that match. Neruki Doi versus Jimmy. Saito and BB Hulk versus Linda Man. Um, May 27th in Okada has Ito, Ida, and Don Fuji. T Hawk versus Gamma. Shima versus Saito and Shingo versus Genki. And then May 28th in Okada has Don Fuji against Big Arshimizu. Gamma against ben- Benkei, Yamamura against Kagatora. I don't know. None of those shows feel like they're going to make tape to me. Like they don't feel like obviously big like the other ones do. But maybe I'm wrong.
2: President Okamura, if Don Fuji versus ben, Big Shimizu does not make tape. If we do not see Fujihea explode, I will come down to Kobe and you will probably kick my ass. But I will come down to Kobe <laughs> because this is insane. Like seriously, like the that this is probably top to down. And I know I'm a Dragon Gate fanboy. I this is t- top down like the strongest tournament I've seen in a while. Like. I don't know what G1 Climax is going to be able to do to stand up to this. Like this is insane. Like, I know that not all this is going to make tape, but but just look at these matches. Seriously, like, uh, like Saito versus Doi. Those two always have great matches. Like, uh, Lindemann versus BB Hulk. We're going to see Hulk get dropped on his neck a couple times. I'll be a happy man. Like Shingo versus mm-hmm. Genki Horikuchi. Wow. Like I. I can't stand like how excited I'm about this tournament now. Like
3: (laughs) if, if Milo, if Milo doesn't kill me when he hears this for accidentally saying Jules, the start, he's going to kill you for saying you want to see BB Hulk get dropped on his neck. (laughs) It's going to be great. All right. So June, (laughs) June 1st, (laughs) June 1st, Hurricane Yamato versus Big Archimizu T Hawk versus Jimmy Susumu. Yamamura versus Doi, and the never ending Shingo versus BB Hulk. Um, not as, not nearly as strong as the first character, I have to say, but still a good card.
2: I don't know. I think that this is just as great. Like, I, I, am sorry, guys. Like, I, I, I'm not even caffeinated. I'm just so psyched for, the, <laughs> for these shows. Like, like Yamamoto versus Doi, they really have not had much interplay. Who knows how good that could be. T Hawk versus Tsumu, those two have great chemistry. And then the never-ending war between bb hulk i fucking hate shingo takagi versus shingo takagi who thinks bb hulk is a piece of luggage ah this is so great Ah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you have any thoughts on the second hurricane chris
4: i am so much looking forward to yamamura and doi that's probably one of my most anticipated matches from this whole tournament but Yeah, like Mike is saying, this is so stacked. Like everything that's going to make tape, you know, it's going to be great. This lineup is incredible. I think really between this and the Champion Carnival, uh, it's going to be like, you know, whatever the G one is, that'll be unto itself. But between this and Champion Carnival, like this is going to be such a great year for tournaments. Again, and I just I'm I'm as much excited as Mike is. Like this is this is incredible.
2: Like this. Like this. June, the Kobe Senba Hall, Hall show. John, talk about it because I'm about to jump out of my seat and I need to calm down for a second.
3: Ugh. Okay. So, Ata versus Big Shimizu, T-Hawk versus KZ. Naraki Dora versus Kagatora. That should be awesome. And, oh, I'm so happy this is making tape. Shingo versus Linda Man. <laughs> the This is like the evil version of Shima versus Yamamura. <laughs> it's like the, the dark side version. But, uh, yeah, I'm... Very excited for that Shingo Lindaman match, Amper, Ida, Ida and for Ada Ada and Big Arshimizu. Uh Even he offers KZ will probably be really good. And Doi versus Kagatora. This this is a this is a great tournament, everybody. <laughs> great tournament.
2: Jeez, wow, and, <laughs> like KZ versus T Hawk actually might be my most like the match most anticipated from that show. Like T Hawk, like the most disaffected high school senior versus KZ, who's who is now the heart of Dragon Gate in his own mind. Like, ah. This is so good.
3: Yeah. Um, it's it's so anyway. Then then the, the tournament wraps up in Hakata Star Lanes, June tenth and June eleventh, finals and semifinals. So, is it? There's a great great lineup. I can't really can't really nothing to complain about here. Is really excited for it to start now. Uh, We've still got like a little under a month. But yeah, this is, I'm I'm actually way more excited for this than I am for uh, for Dead or Alive. I have to say. Yeah. But uh, yeah.
2: so let's all so let's let's each pick like a match of the tournament that you are most excited about because there's a lot to get excited about. I want to hear what y'all think is the match, your match that you're most anticipated for.
3: For me, I have to go with Shingo and Mochizuki. I mean their their title match was one of my favorite matches in Dragon Gate history. And um I really am, I'm excited to see them go up against each other again. So I got to go with that.
4: Chris? For me, it's got to be Yamamura and Kagatora, like I said earlier. Uh, just, I want to see Yamamura get the victory over Kagatora and kind of springboard that into a Brave Gate challenge. I think that would be a great story because he's he's probably the guy I'm most invested in right now in the company. Uh, so just to see that, and to see him have a great outing would uh, be really gratifying. So, I think that really anything Yamamura or KZ, I'm just going to be super, super into.
2: I, I've i changed my mind like four times since y'all started talking. So, uh, I, I think Doi versus Kagatora. Like, there's just something there that Kagatora is so great in these singles matches. Doi is... Getting, I think he's about to be on the run of his career. Like, I really feel like that that's going to happen. And that match, it's late in the tournament too, so there's going to be some ramifications. So maybe Kagatora screws it up for Doi, and Doi loses his block on that match. Like, there's just a lot there. Like, ugh. This, like, I am more excited about this than I have been about ugh, nearly anything in Dragon Gate for... Six months. Like this looks insane. I, ugh. Like the more I think about it, the more excited I am getting about this this tournament.
3: So that's get everybody. Um, we I think we'll be returning probably right after the main. Let's see, because there's no point in trying to do a show between that are live and the main 9th circuit, and they happen so quickly. So we could try to shoot for that weekend of May May thirteenth fourteenth. And discuss um, Dead or Alive and the May 9th Kerrigan. So we'll see if Case and Milo are actually available to do the show that weekend. But yeah, this should be fine for me. So yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll come back to you guys after after the May 9th curriculum. But yeah, that's that's really exciting, and we're really looking forward to going through King of Gate with everybody. Um, but that's the King of Gate schedule. So let's move on now to questions. We have, do have a few um dylan wants to know what our early dylan of course dylan justin from voices of wrestling um he wants to know what our early predictions are for the main event of world will yamato still be champ Uh, initially i thought the answer to the second question was yes but they really talked me into doi winning the dead or alive main event so my my prediction i'm gonna say hmm it's a really tough one. I'm gonna say they do the they do the King and Gate winner getting the shot at world again this year, and we get Doi versus Doy versus. Uh, I don't know. I don't see a natural challenger here. I'm gonna say Doy versus T-Hawk. I think T-Hawk's putting King Ooh. Gate again, and I think it's gonna be Doy versus T-Hawk. Mm. There you go. Oh,
2: geez, that's a tough one.
3: Yeah, I had a really hard time with it too. I, there's no, there's no super obvious winner to me. Mm-hmm.
2: I guess for me, uh, I can really see that Doi versus T Hawk because T Hawk is yet to win King of Gate. Like he. Oh
3: yeah, that's right. He got his title shot. Other because he just got his title shot for no reason. <laughs> that yeah. year, it was, it was it was Yoshino who won King of Gate. Sorry. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that was when Yoshino. <laughs> I I think that the, right after that is when Yoshino completed uh, his every belt, every tournament in Dragon Gate in 2015. Uh, I think... I think... I'm going to go with my uh, theory that it's going to be Takagi winning now. Takagi winning King of... Uh, not King of Gate. Uh, Takagi winning Dead or Alive. And then Doi winning King of Gate. So, just because I... I I, I feel like it's a good time for having him with the belt at the big moment. I mean, if they held off from Doi winning it at Final Gate, it seems like that they want to have like that big end of the year moment. So I don't know. I I, I don't think Yamato makes it to uh, Kobe World though. It, it just I, I I think this title run, especially like hearing like how unenthused. The crowd was about yamato's matches in king of gate really kind of submitted it to me that i feel like that his time is up so let's go doi let's go takaki defending against shing against uh doi
4: you know iron mike spears just talked me into doi versus shingo at world <laughs> i'm on board let's do this
2: and we're gonna have a couple great jackets rain jackets come out with like doi at kobe world as a challenger (laughs) he might have like four jackets on top of himself like i (laughs) i i I don't know i'm still coming down from looking at all the king gate matches but uh it's interesting The, the whole yamato run is is an interesting story to be told i think
3: we have a question about this let's get um, that's actually a great transition. The next question is from um, at Ishan Kana4. Reasons for disappointment of the initially exciting Tribe Vanguard formation and Yamato title run. Um, okay, so let's take these as two separate questions. Yeah, I I, I I was excited when I saw this question because I've actually turned a corner on Tribe Vanguard as a unit in the last like month or so, where between Maria and KZ's team, you know, Hulk being back, Flamita being there. They don't, they don't bother me anymore. Like last year, they, I agree that they were really bad, but over the last few months, I feel like they've they've taken a step, and they're just they're they're still not like a favorite unit of mine. They'll never they never will be, but they they're perfectly fine now. I think so. I'm gonna be the one to say, I'm totally okay with trying Vanguard now, but I don't know. That might be a hot take, but <laughs> that's just how I feel.
2: I, you know what I think was the biggest saving grace for Try Vanguard that happened this year. Flamita. What's that? Flamita.
3: Yeah, that's, that's That's probably true.
2: I think that, and and Chris talked a little bit about this earlier, about the idea that this would be a four-person Doi Yoshi gun unit, about how it makes things really tough. And the fact that Tri-Vanguard for so long was just, was just Yamato, Hulk, KZ, and Maria really hurt the team because the Dragon Gate a lot more so than other companies, there is the hierarchy inside a unit. And Yamato as the champion, there's your clear number one. You had Hulk returning as your number two, but you had Maria and KZ who, after like 2014 and 2015, really were above the lost posts that they were in their previous unions. And without having someone else there... I think that's what really hurt Tri-Vanguard. And that's not getting into the whole Yamato situation, which we'll get into next. But when you have such a small unit, you have to have someone to pick up falls. And when you have the people pick up falls are people that have been previously built up. I mean, KZ was a very popular Bravegate champion. Maria was just coming out of her own Bravegate championship reign. Like, it just kind of really shot them in the foot that until you started getting Flamita in there... And sadly, by booking KZ and Maria to take so much falls, you kind of made them into Lost Posts again. So, it, it's only until now that they have all kind of solidified themselves in there, and I'd argue, actually, that Hulk takes more falls than anyone else out of that unit nowadays. So, it's... They're okay right now. I, I'm i not on the kill-off, vanguard train as I used to be, but
3: exactly that's how I feel yeah.
2: too yeah it, it, it's interesting because this basically since the death of Monster Express things have been very stagnant and it's it, and almost the stagnancy helped out Tri Vanguard because you had KZ and all these Twin Gate matches and I think that had a lot to do with what kind of solidified this unit it like John this unit is not going to be a favorite it's Probably my least favorite unit currently. But for right now, I'm okay with them.
3: Oh, my least favorite unit currently is Berserk. <laughs> but... <laughs> anyway, um Yeah, so so as far as why it was disappointing early on, I, j- I just think they just they dropped too many falls. I don't know. Yeah. It just felt like Yamato as champion and nothing. Mm-hmm. So Yamato is champion in, in three jobbers is what it felt like. So they like like Mike said, I think it it was just Flamida Flamita returning and being there all the time and, um, you know, KZ and Maria stepping up, especially KZ and Hulk getting his little run up to his Dream Gate title match, I think it helped them feel like a more of a solid unit. Do you have any thoughts on the arc of Tribe Vanguard, Chris?
4: Yeah, with Tribe Vanguard for me, I feel that because they formed on such an emotional high that there was nowhere else to go but down from there, at least for a little bit. And for the longest time, they were just a group of individuals that I really liked and as a unit wasn't in love with them together. But over time, I've really come to, like you said, I've, I've come to really love Casey and Maria together. I think they're amazing. Uh, I just, they, I've gotten used to it by now. It kind of has the... Uh, for the longest time, they were like Dia Hearts too for me, and now they're not that. Now it feels like something a little bit different that I think of as separate from that and as a Yamato-led stable that actually kind of works for me now. Um, I didn't think he was the best leader for a little while, and I guess that has to do with the just the overall sentiment of his reign being underwhelmed, but... In the end, I think they've come to be a nice little unit, and I don't want them to split up now. Like you said, I'd like to see what else is in store because I think there's a cu- a couple more stories that you can tell with them. On you know, once Yamato's Dream Gate is done, I still think there's more potential there with Tribe Vanguard.
2: Uh Here's a a side question for y'all based off this. It's still a very small unit, like five members. And one of them being Gaijin and not full time, isn't a very healthy unit. If you could add someone into Tri Vanguard right now and give them like that sixth member, who would it be?
3: Hmm. Mm. I don't I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um maybe maybe Hyo Watanabe, if he ever reemerges from wherever the fuck
4: he is.
2: My small leopard son, where'd yeah. you go?
4: Yeah. That would be that would be pretty great. I mean, just the big cat doing anything, would be great. So yeah, I'd be all for that. Yeah, it could be watanabe You know, it could be either Yoshioka or Takashima. Hell, shun Skywalker. Once he's, I guess, is he hurt now? Is Skywalker?
2: I think I noticed him doing ringside duties, but he showed back up on a card after Corkin. But I knew that he was banged up and got taken off shows. So the I guess the current sort the current company line would be he's out of the rotation at the moment, but he's he's around. So maybe Skywalker actually would be a good addition. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Skywalker was on the show on the Monday Rio uh, homecoming show that Monday Rio couldn't participate on, but he asked them to cheer for uh, Shun Skywalker in his absence. Oh, by the way, uh, this is complete aside. Uh, when I was looking at the Gilroy schedule, I found out about Yamato's cooking show, and it, it is incredible what he cooks. <laughs> it's called Yamato's Energetic Kitchen, and if we have time, I'd like to read just the caption describing it. John, is that okay?
3: Um, okay. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Okay, so Eichmann wrestler Yamato, Dragon Gate, who is a cook, license, cook teacher license qualified as a food coordinator... <clears throat> recipe to eat with the theme of food to eat cheerfully a recipe best meat optimum for fatigue recovery body making and health care delivery Yamato's playing out discipline cuisine and some of the dishes he makes on the show are yamato strong fried rice champion yamato unrefined giganto healthy hamburger steam and yamato soul <laughs> which is japanese style spaghetti I want to get a gay. I want to get an internet box because I want to watch Yamato's cooking show. Because I could, I, I wonder how if I made the Yamato soul spaghetti and see if any uh any future ladies in my life if I could have some of the Yamato spirit flow through me and you know impress them with Yamato soul Japanese style spaghetti.
4: Well, Mike, you're actually in luck because I believe that has been uploaded to Daily Motion by uh, by Morton, so all we can right. all enjoy.
2: All right, I know what, I'm going to pitch this as a review for the site. I want to see how Yamato is as a cooking chef. I love cooking shows, so I want to see how he is. Like, is this the new Great British Bake Off for New Age? It very well could be.
3: So um so that I don't really, I don't know what to say honestly. <laughs> I I,
2: I, I, I kill John. I kill John. This is now the uh Iron Mike a Christmas Day show where where we talk about Yamato's cooking show. That that's what open the voice gate is now.
4: <laughs> I do I do have a bone to pick with that description though because we we all know that there is only one Ikemen and that is Jiro.
2: That is true that is true but he is kind he does kind of fulfill like the ikaman kind of character though he is kind of handsome and cool so if if jiro is injured then i guess i guess yamato can fill that role for right now
4: that's true a worthy stand-in
2: yeah exactly
3: so that was the first the other part of the question was why is the yamato (laughs) title reign disappointing and um you know, I don't. I don't really. I think we've covered this a lot, actually. But you know, the main thing I'll say is it. It's too, it was kind of a lot out of his control. The Tozawa thing. You know, for, I mean, they they knew going in that um, that the the summer of League was going to overshadow the start of his reign. He wasn't going to be able to do much, uh-huh. but then they got kind of blindsided by the Tozawa thing, and that ended up being you know so such an overshadowing thing of his title reign. But, um, you know, yeah. by the end of it, I think, by that point, I, th- I think he's recovered to a degree, but you can't, it's really difficult to recover from your title range as being, just starting that badly. So, I get it.
2: Yeah, like, th- that's really it, and along the lines of right when he could start, uh, cementing his reign, then you had the Doi face turn, and I mean, Doi now is the most popular guy in the company, so... I think that has a little bit to do with it that it just kind of hurt him. But like, as you said, we've gone over this a lot and it really is a confluence of the Summer Venture Tag League, Tozawa's removal, and then it just was kind of late for him to reestablish himself.
4: Yeah, I kind of feel that way that there's always been something that's more interesting than him and the matches haven't delivered to the expectations that you'd want them to so the combination of those two things is why it's been kind of a malaise for me at least
3: hmm.
2: and it's not even like his title matches have been bad it's just they've been there like yeah like that this isn't like the magnitude kishawada tile reign where it's just like get the belt off him already get this over with i'm done with this like it's just there.
3: exactly but yeah, so I just I think it's just very difficult to recover from from that kind of beginning. But mm-hmm. but it's been it's been you know it's not like she's it's been bad since then. So you know it's just been kind of there, like you guys are saying. But yeah, so that's pretty much it for Yamato and Tribe Vanguard, and that was the la- the only other question we got. So I guess we can pretty much wrap it up. Hey, wow, I, I... We're under two
2: we're under two hours unless you want me to talk about every single dish that Yamato makes on his cooking show. I'm I,
3: than... <laughs> I, I do not want you to talk about that, actually. So, um... well,
2: well, well, what you don't want the hot, fear, sweat, dragon, Mathu mafuto- tofu? I mean,
4: come on. No, no not really. <laughs> you don't want the um... giganto burger, whatever. <laughs>
2: it's healthy. Right, it's healthy.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> No, let's not do that. Okay, that's my that's my that's my official opinion. Um, but Chris, it was great having you on. You were you were awesome. Thanks for coming on with us.
4: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, again, this is really I've been listening to Open the Voice Gate since the first episode, and I'm so uh, sorry. I <laughs> and and I was listening to Inside the Gate when that was a thing.
2: Oh, thank you. So
4: it was. So it was very cool to see those two podcasts kind of combine. So yeah, very. Uh, I'm very happy to to talk to you guys about Dragon Gate. Um, I would love to come back whenever you would have me, and also very excited to have you, John, on Music of the Mat coming up, uh, and that will be dropping the week of Dead or Alive. Uh, oh, so awesome. something to get you, something to get everyone excited about Dead or Alive. And John, I uh, and Mike, I would also love to have you on when the next time we talk about Dragon Gate themes oh, as well. Absolutely. so Oh, absolutely. Something to, something to look forward to.
2: Yeah, and I, for those who do not listen to Music of the Mat, as someone who is a production person by trade, I have to say, like, what you and Andrew do, just understanding the scope of how you all bring in the themes and produce it so well. Like, if you're not listening to Music of the Mat, you need to frankly close out of this recording and download music the mat it is incredible ever since you and andrew started the show it's become a must listen and whenever i see a new episode i immediately download and i love it so much i i can't say enough good things without hyperbole
3: yeah the end the end of your episode i think was my favorite just that, that breakdown of all the no idea that like rock house or whatever that song is called was like a bunch of jimmy kendrick jimmy hendrick yeah. that's it's just crazy but yeah um that nw episode was amazing uh the aj styles episode was another one of my favorites he's had he's had such a cool theme history um but yeah it was a and then and then obviously this last new japan episode was really cool so um all right i guess we can wrap it up then <laughs> but Thank you for listening, as always, to open the voice gate, and we will be back in hopefully less than a month this time. Uh, May yeah, less than a month. So, uh, we'll see. Well, maybe we can actually get case and and Milo to show up this time. Maybe if we're not recording th- any more
2: holidays. Yeah, this would be th- the
3: first. It would be the first time all four of us have been on in like what, like three months or something. or, Yeah, right. I think it's the last a while.
2: the last episode we had all of us on was the was the Corkin of Big R and Yamamura. That was the that was the last yeah. one that all four of us were on.
3: So it's been a while. So we we'll, we'll we'll try to round up the troops next time and get everybody on. But yep, that's it, folks. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next time.
2: Oh yeah, Chris. Before we let you go, any plugs or anything you would like to do?
4: Uh. Just follow at music of the mad on Twitter. Um, that's really all I'd like to plug and uh, check out our episode with John coming up in a couple of weeks. All right. Yeah, I totally, I, I always forget
3: to plug at open voice gate, everybody <laughs> at open, no, the at open voice gate. We need more Twitter followers. Cause we have like 1500 listeners or something on every episode. More than that. Actually, I think I've watched a few and like, we have like 200 Twitter followers. So what are you guys doing? Follow us on Twitter and ask more open questions. Gate. Ask more questions. Yes. Hashtag right. ask questions. <laughs> Hashtag ask questions. So with that, we will see you next time. Bye everybody. See ya.
1: Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old, or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk Turkey sub at firehouse subs, freshly sliced smoked Turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just five fifty-five for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.